0: al Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Presented by Sheikh Muhammad Du'ar. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa salamu ala rasooli Allah. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man ihtada bi huda amma ba'd. Tonight, my dearly respected brothers and sisters, we begin with the explanation <coughs> the explanation of Kitabul iman the book of faith from Sahih Muslim, and we'll be taking the first hadith of the book Taala. The first chapter of Kitabul Iman is titled "Explaining Iman, Islam, and Ihsan." Explaining Iman, Islam and Ihsan and the obligations of Iman with affirmation of the Qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal. And explaining the evidence for declaring one's innocence from the one who does not believe in the Qadr. And having a harsh view of his case. <coughs> this is the title of the chapter. We've mentioned previously, my brothers and sisters, Rahimahullah, he did not title his chapters. And these titles of the chapters came from Imam Al Nawawi, who done a sharh of this book. And Kitabul Iman. The book of Iman in Sahih Muslim, it consists of approximately 214 hadiths. But as you will see, the same hadith, the imam sometimes mentions it with different chains. So with the different narrations, it's approximately 380 hadiths in Kitabul iman Out of those 380 hadith, if we were to find the ones that are muttafaqun alay, agreed upon between Bukhari and Muslim, they're about 120. So 120 of these hadiths are agreed upon between Imam al-Bukhari and Imam Muslim. And Imam Muslim Rahimahullah, he starts off his book, his entire Sahih, because this is the first Kitab. He starts it off with the famous Hadith that explains Islam, Iman and Ihsan. But with also a short story before he mentions it regarding the deviant sect known as the Qadariyyah. And the refutation against the qadriyyah, those who denied the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the fact that Imam Muslim rahimahullah started his book with this hadith shows that it is from iman to believe in the qadr. And it is also from iman to refute the people of bid'ah, to refute the people of innovation. And Imam Muslim started his book with this hadith. So the hadith, my brothers and sisters, it says, on the authority of Yahya ibn Ya'mar, on the authority of Yahya ibn Ya'mar, that the first man to speak about the qadr, the first man to speak about the qadr, meaning to deviate to speak falsely regarding the Qadr of Allah Azza wa in Basra, and Basra is a city in Iraq, was Ma'bad al-Juhani. This was his name. Ma'bad al-Juhani was the first man to speak falsely regarding the Qadr of Allah Azza wa Yahya said, So I, along with humayd ibn al-Rahman." Now the narrator of the hadith is saying myself and Humayid ibn Abdul Rahman, we went for hajj or umrah. It was either hajj or umrah. And we said, if we happen to come in contact with one of the sahaba of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa then we will ask him about what is being mentioned about the qadr. So these two men, the narrator of the hadith, him and his friend, they know that Ma'bad al-Juhani is going around spreading falsehood about the qadr. So they said they're going to Hajj-u-Umrah. And they said, when we go there, if we find any of the sahaba of Rasulullah we're going to ask them about what's being discussed regarding the qadr. He said, so we accidentally came across Abdullah ibn Umar ibn Al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala anhumah the great sahabi Abdullah ibn Umar he said so my companion and i this is the narrator Yahya he said me and my friend we surrounded him one stood on his right one stood on his left of Abdullah ibn Umar he then said, I expected that my companion would authorize me to speak. Yahya is saying, I thought that my friend is going to let me do the talking. So he said, I therefore said, so he, he knew his friend wanted him to speak. So he's the one that asked Abdullah ibn Umar. He said, I said, ya Abdul Rahman. Abu Abdul Rahman was the Kunya of Abdullah ibn Umar. Abdullah ibn Umar, he was known as Abu Abdul Rahman. He said, there have appeared some people in our land, in Basra, who recite the Qur'an. Look how he's describing them to Abdullah ibn Umar. He's telling him there's people who recite the Qur'an and they seek knowledge. And after talking about their affairs, I added, they claim there is no such thing as Qadr. And that events... Are not predestined. So then Abdullah ibn Umar Radiallahu Anhumah, he said to them, He said, When you meet these people, tell them that I, Abdullah ibn Umar have nothing to do with them, and they have nothing to do with me. He claimed his innocence from them, the Sahabi. And verily he said. They are in no way responsible for my belief. Then Abdullah ibn Umar made an oath. And he said, by Allah, if any one of them had with him gold equal to the mountain of Uhud, and he gave it in the path of Allah, Allah Azza wa jal would not accept it unless he affirmed his iman in the qadr. Look at Abdullah ibn Umar, what is he saying? These people that you're telling me, pray fast, recite the Qur'an. Wallahi, if they had mountains of gold and they gave it in sadaqah, Allah will not accept it until they believe in the qadr. Then Abdullah ibn Umar said, My father Umar ibn al-Khattab, radiyallahu anhu, told me. And now he mentions the hadith of his father. Umar. Umar ibn al-Khattab said, One day we were sitting in the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and there appeared before us a man in very white clothes, and his hair was very black. There were no signs of travel on him, Umar radiallahu anhu said. And none amongst us recognized him. We did not know who this man was. He sat with Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he knelt before the Prophet sallallahu alaihi and he placed his palms on the thighs of Rasulullah sallallahu and he said, "Ya Muhammad, inform me about Islam. Tell me what is Islam." So Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi sallam said, "Islam implies that you testify to La ilaha illallah and Muhammad Rasulullah, and you offer the prayer and you pay zakah." And you fast Ramadan and you perform hajj if you are able to do so. Then the man said, you have told the truth. He said to the Prophet ﷺ, Sadaqt, you have spoken the truth. So then Umar anhu said, we were amazed that he's asking the Prophet ﷺ and then he's also telling the Prophet ﷺ he spoke the truth. Then he said to the Prophet, Inform me about Iman. What is Iman? So the Prophet said, It is that you believe in Allah, His angels, His books, His messengers, the day of judgment, and you believe in the Qadr, its good and its evil. He then said, You have told the truth. Again, he said, Inform me about Ihsan. What is Ihsan? And the Prophet said, That you worship Allah as if you are looking at him And even though you can't see him, verily he sees you Again the man asked, inform me about the hour When is the hour? The day of judgment So the Prophet ﷺ said The one who is asked does not know more than the one who is asking My knowledge and your knowledge are the same We don't know when the hour is So then the man said, tell me about some of its signs. What are some of the signs of the hour? So the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned two signs. He said, the slave girl will give birth to her mistress and master. And you will find the barefoot, destitute goat herds competing with one another in construction of magnificent buildings. Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu then said, Then the man went on his way, he left. Umar said, but I stayed with the Prophet sallallahu for a time period, for a period of time. Then the Prophet sallallahu said to me, yani Umar, oh Umar, do you know who that man was? So Umar said, Allah and his messenger know best. So the Prophet sallallahu said, that was Jibreel, he came to teach you your religion. Okay, So this is the first hadith Then Imam Muslim mentions a couple of other narrations of the same hadith And he says it is narrated on the authority of Yahya ibn Ya'mar The same narrator That when Ma'bad discussed the Qadr We refuted that Yahya is saying when Ma'bad, the first to speak about the Qadr, spoke about it He said we refuted it in hadith number three, he says it is narrated on the authority of Yahya again and Humayd ibn Abdul Rahman that they said, We met Abdullah ibn Umar and we discussed the Qadr with him. And what they talked about it, meaning the Qadariyah, and he narrated the hadith of his father Umar. And then in the fourth hadith, he says the same hadith is mentioned through a different chain. So these are the first four hadiths of the book And they all revolve around the same hadith So this hadith, my brothers and sisters It's a great hadith It shows you why Abdullah ibn Umar mentioned his father's hadith Because these men came to him Telling him about the Qadariyah, Who we will see who they are The ones who deviated regarding the qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal And then Abdullah ibn Umar he said, I am innocent from them. And wallahi, if they had all the gold, gold like a mountain, and they gave it in the path of Allah, it would not be accepted from them until they believe in the Qadr. Okay, so this hadith, the narrator or the, the, the Sahabi of the hadith is Abdullah ibn Umar, radiyallahu ta'ala, And he's one of the great companions of Rasulullah. He embraced Islam with his father Umar. Abdullah ibn Umar. Became a Muslim with his father Umar And he also done Hijrah with his father And when he done Hijrah He had not yet reached puberty He was very young Abdullah ibn Umar He was too young to participate in the battle of Uhud He asked the Prophet ﷺ to fight in the battle of Uhud And the Prophet ﷺ did not let him Because he hadn't reached puberty yet He was below puberty But then the Prophet accepted him in the Battle of Khandak because he had reached the age of puberty and that was his first battle, the Battle of Khandak. Abdullah ibn Umar narrated many hadiths from Rasulullah. And the Prophet said about Abdullah ibn Umar what a great man Abdullah is if only he prayed the night prayers. This is what the Prophet ﷺ said about Abdullah ibn Umar. He said, Abdullah ibn Umar is a great man. If only he prayed the night prayers. Salim, Salim, he said, after that hadith, Abdullah ibn Umar never slept the night except a little bit. Alas, if Rasulullah said that, he took it. And he said, Abdullah never slept the night except a little bit. During the fitna, the fighting between the Sahaba, the army of Ali and the army of Muawiyah ta'ala anhum, Abdullah ibn Umar, he stayed away. There were a lot of the Sahaba who didn't get involved in the fighting between the two parties. And Abdullah ibn Umar was one of them. He didn't fight in the fitna. He's, not, he's one of the top narrators of hadith from the Sahaba. His ahadith in Torah are approximately 2,630 hadiths He narrated from Rasulullah Sallallahu Wasallam So he's the first companion in this hadith The second companion is his father, Umar ibn al-Khattab And Umar ibn al-Khattab is Amir al-Mu'mineen, al-Faruq, al-Imam, Abu Hafs Umar ibn al-Khattab, al-Adawi, al-Qurashi He embraced Islam early and he also done Hijrah. The Sahaba have all agreed to the virtues of Umar ibn al-Khattab, and they have all agreed to his Khilafah. No one disagreed with the Khilafah of Umar and Abu Bakr, anhum. And he is the greatest of this Ummah, after Rasulullah sallallahu and after Abu Bakr, ta'ala anhu. And he was from the most knowledgeable of the Sahaba, Umar ibn al-Khattab, was from the most knowledgeable of the Sahaba. He took knowledge directly from Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he would even teach the companions. He was assassinated by Abu Lu'lu' al-Majusi, the slave of Al-Mughira ibn Shu'ba, while he was leading the Fajr prayer in Medina. When you study hadith, my brothers and sisters, it's always the style of our ulama when you learn a hadith to take something from the life of the sahabi. That's an honor and respect for that companion who gave us the knowledge because they're the ones that narrated the hadith for us. So whenever we come across a new companion, we'll give a very short life story or biography about him. And this is their rights upon us. So this hadith, my dear brothers and sisters, it talks about the qadr of Allah Azza wa And the qadr of Allah Azza is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees And what he legislates from the affairs This is the qadr It is what Allah decrees and legislates from the affairs In this hadith Okay and nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was asked by Jibril about the three things, Islam, Iman, and Ihsan. And we will be discussing this, inshallah. Okay? And he was asked about the signs of the hour. One of the signs he mentioned was, the slave gives birth to her master. The scholars have given a number of interpretations as to what that means. What does the slave gives birth to her master mean? Okay? and many of those interpretations can be correct. Okay, It does not mean it's limited to one meaning. It could have a number of meanings. From those meanings, as the scholars have said, is that the slave girls will be many. One of the signs of the hour is that the slave girls will be great in number. And they would have many children. And when she gives birth, To the child of her master, the slave, she gives birth to the child of her master, then that child to her is the same position as her master. This is one of the interpretations. So she's giving birth to the child of her master, and then that child becomes the same position like her master. This is one of the interpretations the scholars have mentioned. Another interpretation is that the slave girls may give birth to kings The slave girls may give birth to kings And then the king will rule, he becomes a ruler And his own mother will be beneath him in his kingdom The kingdom that he rules will have his mother within it That's another interpretation And this is the more common one that the scholars adopted and the third interpretation is that it's an indication of uquq disobedience to the parents the mother gives sla- the the slave gives birth to her master means that from the signs of the hour is children treating their parents or their mothers like their slaves children treating their parents like slaves and this is from the uquq the disobedience towards the parents. For these are some of the interpretations of what that means. The slave giving birth to her master. Imam Muslim Rahimahullah he began this book with this hadith because it covers all aspects of the religion. Because what did the Prophet say at the end? That was Jibreel. He came to teach you what? Your Deen. So this hadith teaches us the deen entirely. And that's why Imam Muslim started his book with this hadith, because he explains Islam, and he explains Iman, and he explains Ihsan, which all three are considered to be the stations of worship for Allah Azza wa And this hadith, my brothers and sisters, the hadith of Jibril salam, the scholars have praised it greatly and it's considered to be one of if not the greatest hadith in the sunnah the scholars consider this hadith the hadith of jibril to be from the greatest hadiths of the sunnah abu amr ibn salah he said this hadith is azim meaning great some scholars classed it to be from the hadiths which revolve around the entire deen some scholars they classed this hadith, the hadith of Islam, Iman and Ihsan, to be from the hadiths that revolve around the entire religion. Yani from this hadith, you are able to understand the entire religion of Islam. Imam al rahimahullah, said, it is befitting, yani it's correct to call this hadith Umm sunnah the mother of the Sunnah. The way Surah Al-Fatiha is the mother of the Kitab Isn't Surah Al-Fatiha the mother of the Qur'an Imam al qurtubi said This hadith is the mother of the Sunnah That's how high in status The scholars hold this hadith So this hadith my brothers and sisters It talks about the qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal And we are going to be Discussing the Qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal based on this Hadith And we are going to go into a number of Masail Because Kitabul iman is a book of Aqidah It's a book of Aqidah from Sahih Muslim So it's only befitting we tackle all aspects of Aqidah within the Hadiths بإذن الله تعالى. So we say That regarding the Qadr, we discuss a number of points. The first point is the madhab of Ahlul sunnah wal-Jama'ah regarding the Qadr. What is the madhab of Ahlul sunnah wal-Jama'ah regarding the Qadr? Ahlul sunnah wal-Jama'ah believe that the Qadr is from the greatest fundamentals of Iman. Belief in the Qadr is from the greatest fundamentals of Iman and it is part of Tawheed. Believing in the Qadr is part of Tawheed. And some people became misguided regarding the Qadr. Regarding their belief in the Qadr, there are sects that became misguided. And some were guided to the truth. And the madhab of the Salaf, the pious predecessors, their madhab in the topic of Qadr consists of fundamentals. When the Salaf Spoke about the Qadr, they set fundamental points Which every Muslim must believe in And it's obligatory to believe in the fundamentals that the Salaf set Regarding the Qadr The first of those fundamentals Is that Allah Azza wa Jal is the creator of everything And the Lord of everything And the owner of everything from the fundamentals that the Salaf put regarding the Qadr of Allah Azza wa is this. That you must believe Allah is the creator of everything, the Lord of everything, and the owner of everything. And when they say Allah is the creator of everything, it is general for everything, including your actions ibad The actions of the slave The actions what you do This is part of Allah's creation Allah is the creator of everything Including your actions Whatever Allah Azza wa Jal wills Happens And whatever Allah does not will Will never happen This is all part of the first fundamental Nothing can exist Except by Allah Azza wa will and his decree He has knowledge of everything Allah Azza wa has knowledge of everything Allah knows what was in the past (inaudible) Allah knows what was in the past (inaudible) And Allah knows what's in the future And Allah knows what's in the future what will never be, even if it happened, how it will be. And yani think of something that Allah knows will never happen. Even if that thing was to happen, Allah knows how it will happen. This is to show you Allah's vast knowledge. Allah knows everything. And Allah Azza never learns anything new because Allah, His attribute, is knowledge. From his attributes Allah has knowledge You and I have knowledge But our knowledge and Allah's knowledge is nothing alike You and I are ignorant and then we learn Allah is never ignorant Allah always knew everything This is part of aqeedah in qadr Allah azza wa never learns something new Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always knew everything before it happened, before it existed. This is our belief regarding Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's knowledge. Regarding our knowledge, we forget. You can learn something, then forget it. Allah never learns anything new and Allah never forgets. So the two types of knowledge is completely different. And Allah Azza wa Jal decreed everything before He created the creation. He decreed your lifespan, how long you're going to live. He decreed your rizq, what you will earn on earth. And He decreed your actions. And He wrote all of that before He created the heavens and the earth by 50,000 years. So, this fundamental, my brothers and sisters, which we will discuss insha'Allah, this is the first fundamental. This first fundamental consists of the four levels of qadr. The ulama, they say there are four levels of qadr, or in Arabic they're called maratibul qadr, maratibul qadr al-arba'. Four levels of qadr. To understand how the Qadr of Allah Azza wa works Even though we cannot completely understand it It's from the magnificent affairs of Allah We only know about the Qadr what Allah has taught us But to completely grasp it and understand that we can't Our minds are too minute and small But to understand how the Qadr of Allah Azza wa works as we will be going through insha'Allah, The Qadr of Allah Azza wa works in four stages The first one is Allah's knowledge We say regarding the Qadr stage one is Allah knowing everything Before everything existed Allah always knew everything After knowing everything Allah Azza wa Jal then stage two He wrote everything so first Allah knows everything Then Allah Azza wa wrote everything That's why we say it was written Or it wasn't written Regarding the qadr of Allah Azza wa So Allah knows everything And then he wrote it After writing it The third stage is the mashia He wills for it That's why if I tell you Come over my house tomorrow What should you say? Insha'Allah. Inshallah If Allah wills That's the third stage of the qadr Allah knows everything Then he wrote it Then he wills it For it to happen And the fourth and final stage Is the khalq He then creates it He allows it to happen Those are the four stages of qadr Allah knowing Then writing Then willing And then creating If you understand that you've understood the concept of Qadr and how it works. And inshallah, in our next lesson, we will continue with the second fundamental of the Salaf regarding the Qadr of Allah Azza wa Jalla. Jal. a'lam wa sallallahu wasallam wa barak ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. This program was presented by Albayyan Radio,